0: Hey guys, welcome to the Kevin and Fred Show. My name is Kevin Kaufman. I'm your host, and I just want to say thank you for taking some time out to listen with us this week. Do me a favor, if you don't mind, before we get to today's guest, head on over to ratethispodcast.com. That is ratethispodcast.com forward slash NLA, that stands for next level agents, rate this podcast.com forward slash NLA and leave us a review or just go to any podcast player that you prefer and uh, look us up the Kevin and Fred show. And please leave us a review. That is the best way to support our efforts here in the show. All right, let's get to today's episode. All right, guys, we're back on the Kevin and Fred show and I am rejoined uh, by Mr. Todd Duncan. How's it going, Todd? Kevin, good to see you, man. I am doing great. And uh, how you doing? Feeling good, man. Cannot complain at all. Uh, I must say things are things are going really good. And I'm, I'm excited to to have this second conversation. I think we just decided it was 2019. The last time you and I got the chance to record a podcast together. Right.
1: what? Well, I think I think we did one after that. But um, it was at our, our, uh, our uh, first digital uh, sales mastery. But uh, I've enjoyed every one of them. And uh, I can't wait to have you on our show. And I uh,
0: can't wait to have a combo with you today. Yeah, man. Uh, me too. So I always, I've enjoyed talking to you. And I I know the first time we talked, I was like, man, uh, Dustin Brom, who's a, who's a mutual friend had initially connected us. And I, I reached out to Dustin right after. I was like, you're, you're right, man. I really like Todd. That's uh, I love his mindset and, and the way you think. And so I was uh, hats off to uh, the massive agent, Dustin for, uh, for connecting fun. us. That's fun. Dustin's a good guy. So good. there, right there, that book, high trust selling. <laughs> Twenty years is that what I understand to be correct? Uh, yeah, it was released in February of two thousand and two, uh, and
1: it has continued to sell. And you know, I'm proud of it. I'm proud of the impact that the book has made on you know lenders and agents in terms of really understanding the power of intentional trust. And I was telling somebody earlier today that when I wrote it, I wrote it with this idea that the laws that are contained within the, the cover were never gonna change, they were timeless. And uh, it didn't matter what technology did, it didn't matter what you know the market did, none of that mattered. It mattered that here are 14 laws that can govern your life, your time and your business. And the promise of the book is we help lenders and agents and business owners make more money and less time with less stress. And there's not a person in the world, Kevin, that probably wouldn't say, I would like that. I would like that. That that might make life a little bit more enjoyable or easier, or a combination of those things. So, yeah, we're we're really proud of it. We're doing, I think, we're doing 50 podcasts just to kind of celebrate the book and and say hi to the world and thank them for believing in this methodology. And yeah, and guys like you are so fun to hang out with. And uh, you know, there's so many people right now that have a trust deficit and they don't really know how to navigate trust in today's world and The world is crazy right now. And so I think it's needed more now than ever.
0: You know, it really is. Whether you look at sort of, uh, I'll say how crazy the state of affairs have been just since our last chat, Mm. or if you look at it from the angle of, you know, in real estate, we've got all of these um, new, I'll call them competitors, right? Everything from the the hedge funds that are buying up rental prop, gobbling up rental properties (laughs) by, by the second to the to the i buyers and the, these power buyers we've got all these new sort of people competitors in the space and yet the number one thing uh, i think there's so much we can learn from them and the number one thing that they can never take from us is the ability to have massive trust with our clients with the consumer that's something that actually can't be broken if you don't let it so i would i would venture to say your message and the the ability to build that kind of trust with the consumers um, more important now than probably 20 years ago when you wrote the book. Well, and I think
1: it's, you know, thank you for that. I think it's more important, period. You know, I don't think there's, it's, it's like, you know, um, trust is like, it's like the most important currency that we have, right? If you want to just take it down to something that everybody identifies with. I think that um, when you have high trust versus low trust or no trust, um, I think people say yes faster. I think people, um, re, you know, repeat business with you more uh, loyally. I think that there's less negotiation and and haggling and, uh, and, and price pressure and things like that. And, you know, forget the, the market we're in right now on the agent side, forget the markets that still have 50 offers lining up, you know, that, that comes and goes and that's great. But you know what, at the end of the day, digital is not going to replace uh, an advice centric professional, real estate lending or otherwise, right? And the interesting thing is that most people haven't really pursued we, we, understand, we understand trust is a word, but most don't really pursue it in their their business model. And one of the reasons why we created the, the high trust interview download is to give people kind of a pathway on what are the essential elements, whether you're an agent with a seller or a buyer, or if you're a lender, you know. Either way, anyway, whether you're working with an agent, a builder, it, it doesn't make any difference. But what really is the connection point? Because I think every real estate agent today, regardless of digital, would say there's enough sellers and buyers that are going to appreciate what I'm able to advise them on and how I'm able to work with them to not worry about the iBuyer and to not worry about the the digital lender or to not worry about the low, the low price, you know, promise. I mean, those are all out there and they've been out there forever, but it's it's like I made a decision when I became a lender when I was 23. And then, then I became a, a real estate broker when I was 25. And the decision I made in those 24 months at the front end, and the one I think I perfected by the time I was 25, and still to this day pursue, is when my mentor said, You know, you can, you can pursue transactions and make a living, or you can pursue relationships and make a fortune. And and I looked at him because I was new. And, and he said, the bottom line is if you have a seller that's like a first-time seller or a buyer who's a first-time buyer, and you start to dollarize a 20-year relationship or a 25-year relationship with those people, and you think about the referrals and the repeat and the introductions and things like that, you don't have to prospect, you don't have to cold call, you know. Um for the fun of it, a couple of friends of mine that are agents uh, went door knocking last week, and it was so old school, but it was so fun because they were actually connecting with a few people, and they actually got a listing. And you know, so digital is here. We're never going to be able to remove it, nor should we, right? It should, it should make transaction management easier. It should make efficiency better. But at the end of the day, it's very rare that that deals close in you know seven days all the time. It's you know, it's going to be, it's still going to be trust, and it's still going to be a transaction that's fourteen to. Maybe Maybe 30 45 days long and you know let's get the trust early on let's serve like we've never served so that we blow their mind let's engage them in a, a high velocity spread the word you know kind of about our brand and and let's see what we can do in the future cuz there's millions and millions of people that sell and buy you don't need you don't need but maybe 50 or 100 of those to make a really great
0: living you know, it's it's so, that is so true, Todd. And I, I think for me, what I think about is the really great agents and lenders, or even just salespeople, period, um, know that if you look at, I'll call it, we'll use the word digital disruptors. If we just look to them for almost guidance on what it is that we could also be doing to, to provide and we then we then bring that to our relationships where we focused on building that trust and that relationship with our consumers. Like you said, the lifetime of it. I mean, you you can't be beat. You literally, quite literally, cannot be beat if you just use that as a guidepost. It's not a it's not an either or thing. It's a both right, and. Right. I agree
1: 100%. And I think the other thing that's so important for people to get their arms around is you can create trust from not only the position of it's the right thing to do, but you can create trust by mastering a different, unique way to interact with people. And I was on a, a, a show earlier today in Canada, and, and, the, and the guy the guy asked, you know, how, how do you innovate something like trust? And I said, you know, in the old days, high trust was about make sure you ask some really really great questions you know 10 15 questions make sure you have a dialogue we always built it on three principles what are the you know what are the person's core values that you want to do business with what are the needs that they have during a transactional experience with you and at the end of the day what's most important to them and you know and now we we start to innovate and we go you know i wonder if there's a way to really innovate trust and innovate um a notion that is really hard to get your head around and that is what we call the velocity of trust You know, sometimes they tell us to master drip marketing and, you know, 12 months from now, we're still waiting for somebody to maybe convert. And that's old school. Um, And maybe somebody has been told, you know, great real estate agents ask a lot of great questions. And and maybe somebody who writes a book like this says, yeah, but the really great real estate agents only ask one or two. And not 10 or 12. And people kind of scratch their head and they go, What really does that mean? And and I said, if you really understand trust and you really understand something as simple as the 80-20 rule, why would we use a hundred words in a sales pitch to a seller or you know, working with a buyer, why would we do that when we could use 80 words instead of a hundred? And you know, if we use 80 words instead of a hundred. Um, then the stats tell us we're going to get about a 17% conversion rate. Well, you know, what I'm doing right now around the innovation of, of, of high trust and why that download is so important on the interview is what if you could take the 80 words all the way down to 20 words, Kevin. Okay. And take your conversion to north of 70%. Would you want to do that? Would it be, would it be okay. To embrace the idea that you could accelerate trust by asking Fewer questions that are more meaningful instead of many where we think that is trust building. And I was on. A, I mean, does that make sense to you? Yeah, hundred percent makes sense to me. Yeah. And so I asked this guy. I had a company call in January with 200, um, 200 loan originators and uh, one or two of their agents each. So it was a big, a big deal. And I said, here's what I want you guys to do. Over the next thirty days, I want you to practice the art of one question and see if you can get somebody to say yes, whether it's a seller, whether it's a, a buyer, whether it's a borrower, if you're a lender. And so um, we got back together just, what would it be maybe four weeks ago? So middle of February. And this guy, Tim said, I'd like to share my success story. I said, do tell. And he said, I'm in, I'm in Lake Oswego, Oregon. <clears throat> and I had a, uh, a Zoom with a couple from Anchorage, Alaska, and they were moving to Lake Oswego. And I, I wrote my question out. Um, I knew from my real estate agent partner that this would be the first home they were going to buy. And so I crafted a question and I said, tell us, what was the question? And everybody's kind of waiting with bated breath. And he said, here was a question. <clears throat> I looked at both the, the husband and wife and, and I asked this question, what would it mean to you to own a home? And that was the question. And as he tells a story within about five seconds, the wife is starting to tear up. Husband follows her by about 10 seconds. And pretty soon they're both, they both have tears coming down their cheeks. And the wife said, while she was kind of shaking, she said, we would be the first people in the history of our family to own a home. And the, the lender just let that kind of sink in. And he said, you know what? I am more committed than I've ever been to help that dream come true. Are you ready to get started? That's how long the conversation took from the first contact to yes.
0: I'll tell you what, what I love about that is that doesn't just in from a sales perspective, doesn't just enroll the client that I was going to just say is like the lender and that real estate agent, I bet you, are the most committed to that client ever. Cause at the end of the day, even for folks that just can tend to get transactional, yeah. we're all human <laughs> beings, right? We're just dealing with other human beings. And when you get to know like that, like that's that's a very purposeful thing. And who doesn't want to help that happen? Who doesn't want to yeah. make that happen? And then if you're the client, you're the consumer and people respond that way because you're able to cut through all the other stuff and. Yeah, we're gonna to have to do all this stuff. as a pain in the butt with the uploading bank statements and W twos, and bl- that's all a pain in the butt. And but it's because we're focused on that one thing that make what it means, right? And in that case, it just you've got such a sense of purpose uh, that everybody's got to be ten times committed. And the and the other thing too is I think <clears throat> what
1: we know for sure is the higher the amount of any transaction, real estate's probably you know the highest, if not one of the two highest. Borrowing money to buy a home is probably, you know, the largest debt somebody will ever have. And what we know is that the higher those price points and debt points get, the more emotional the decisions are. Right, and um, it's very interesting when you when you think about um, advice, you know, and you think about like like if I'm working with buyers, you know, am I really efficient? Am I asking just enough of the right questions so that I'm able to show them fewer properties that really resonate with them in a different way and convert faster because I'm listening to solve, not to sell. And if I'm working with a seller, you know, do I really understand what's important about the seller to selling this home and what's their next step and what's important about that? And the more I get to the heart of the matter, the less the economics matter. So what we tell people, <clears throat> and again, it doesn't matter what kind of agent, it doesn't matter lender, it doesn't, sales, it doesn't matter but what would happen if you mastered the art of conversational productivity? And it's a new innovation around high trust and what it really says is spend 80% of the time having your conversation center around emotion and 20% of the time having the conversation work on the fine print of the economics. And most have it backwards. Most spend about 80% of the time on the economics and because they haven't connected emotionally, they don't have that velocity of trust. It doesn't mean they're distrusted, but it's just going to take more time to get to yes, or they're going to continue to feel the price pressure. <clears throat> you can have two agents going up against each other and the prices can be the same and everything else being the same, qualification, blah, 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 forget that we're in a market you know, where we got multiple offers just lining up, but just in a state of normalcy. And, and one agent could ask an emotional question, and the other agent could ask an economic question, like, how much do you want to sell your home for? There's an answer. It's economics. Okay? Or what are you passionate about? And now you get an emotional answer, and now you can go that direction. Price points can be the same. Square footage can be the same. Cost per foot can be the same. It can be the same property. But if I differentiate myself by connecting first, then I can paint a picture on why selling at this price for this reason, at this square footage, makes all the sense in the world. And because you are passionate about this, you know, let's do that again. But if I get to the economics, I have found, Kevin, that when you start with the economics, you're likely to stay with the economics. And that just gets, that's a losing proposition long-term because you know it's either price or it's advice. You know, you can't have, you can't have like a really, really great cheeseburger at McDonald's for a dollar, but you're not going to get a really lousy cheeseburger at uh, a New York restaurant for $30. One you can have instantly, one's going to take 30 minutes to make. Doesn't mean one's right, one's wrong. It just means you can't have two value propositions that are at the end of the same continuum. You can't do that. You can't be Walmart and Neiman Marcus at the same time.
0: Yeah, it's so true. And I think it's so hard for most professionals to go, well, I'm going to go this lane or the other, right? And because we all, I think it's a natural human tendency to want to kind of be all things to all people and we just can't be. And so we've got to make that decision. Do we go with, you know, Walmart or are we Neiman (laughs) Marcus or are we going to be the $30 hamburger or the $1 hamburger? And it's, um you know, in my world, I don't, I don't, I would always say like, it's not right or wrong or there's no good or bad. It's just what's good or bad or right or wrong for you. And so as a real estate professional, as a mortgage professional or, or whatever it is that your job is that you do, you just got to be clear about that. And then just know that that's, that's your lane, right? And yeah. that's where you got to be. And I'm, I'm more of the mindset of you are where this has so much more to do with relationships and trust um, than it does anything else. And, and so that fits me not more naturally. So that's where I want to, I know that's where I want to hang out. Well, and it's more, I think at the end of the day, it's more fulfilling too. And it's less frenetic, you know, people
1: that are on the economic track. I mean, you're always getting, I mean, once you, once you get on that track, you're, you're going to become known for being on that track yeah. <clears throat> and you're going to develop the habits that are bad. You're going to develop the pitches that are bad. You're going to, you're going to focus on the stuff that doesn't matter as much. And you know what we know from um, a lot of great research through Edelman and through Gallup and through Pricewaterhouse and, and a lot of these economic survey companies that, that follow trust and study that is that if I'm a real estate agent, for example, and I build my entire business around a high trust model <clears throat> and I understand the velocity of trust and I know how to do that and I never panic about getting the deal my gross closed commissions will go up by 26%. And that's just like, that's mind boggling. If you really stop and think about it, that just by changing the direction of a conversation to emotional away from economics, in terms of the amount of time in total you spend, you can increase your gross close commissions by 26%. That's just monstrous. And then the other piece of it is that if you emotionally connect, you unleash this idea of the circle of cash flow, which is one of the things I built as a a broker and a, an originator, and if I trust you and I've had a beautiful customer experience with you and you've blown my mind, then you're going to list every home I have. You're gonna you're gonna help me find buyers for every home I sell, and I'm going to tell everybody that I care about about you. And I think the art of the referral has been lost. Yeah. What I know is that. Everybody on the planet, every agent that's watching this, listening to this, every lender that's watching or listening to this, you would love to have people call you and say, hey, listen, my name is Todd. I was given your name by Kevin. He said, you're the best in the business. We're getting ready to list a property. I didn't have a good experience with an agent you know, 10 years ago. Um, when can I meet with you to discuss listing our property? that's how the circle of cash flow works. And there's no, you know, there's no real, I mean, if Kevin asked me to call you and you're a seller and you like Kevin, <laughs> you're probably going to like me. Maybe Kevin's a colleague at work. Maybe Kevin's in a tech network with you. Maybe Kevin's a friend that, that's at the country club. It doesn't matter where Kevin is, but if Kevin says, Todd, call Sam, that works. There's no call reluctance. There's no like, there's no marketing. I mean, think about that. What's the cost of, acquiring
0: that lead. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's cost is zero. It's literally your relationships. It's Right. right. So that's why
1: we love, I, I had a vision when I wrote the book, I had no idea that 5 million people around the world will, will have, you know, read it. And it's just like, wow, I feel so grateful. It's in 52 languages and, um, trust is a worldwide deal. It's not just. It's just not
0: contained yes. the one zip code. You know? I was gonna say it's not. We don't have an exclusive on it here in the United right, States. Right, right. It <laughs> it's like a very human, humanistic, yeah. basic a desire and need that we have. Yeah, yeah. So it's a big deal. So I would just encourage everybody, man,
1: master the conversation. Conversational productivity is the new hot thing that that we've kind of innovated and created. There's six different types of questions and you can just have one for each. One is one is an intro question. One is a present day question. One is a future question. One is a fear question. One is awareness question. And one is a competition elimination question. And uh, if people just come to toddduncan.com, they can download the high trust interview guide and they can also download the talk less sell more um, white paper, which is uh, 20 pages long. And I designed it for agents and lenders. It's really powerful.
0: That's awesome. And we'll, we're going to put the link. Lead- yeah. So no. download those here in the in the podcast notes. I appreciate that what um, okay, so 20 years this book has been out it's well, it's still selling as you mentioned um, and you're continuing to help get the word out what's uh, what's the you and I recording this what we're towards the end of march 2022 what's the last three quarters of this year look like for you Todd and what are you most excited about
1: Ironically, this glass is maybe half full or half empty. I'm not, I'm not sure which way we look at it, but the, the answer to the question is, with every tough market which it looks like we're heading into at some level become great opportunities? You know I think there's going to be a, a cleansing as interest rates continue to go up. Um, it's been suggested that the feds are going to move, uh, you know rates six times, maybe, maybe a total of eight times. Um, what that's going to do is it's going to limit buyer supply, and we're going to see kind of a reversal of what we see right now. It's not doom and gloom; it's just that people that don't have relationships in place are going to find it hard to to you know to 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 be able to find the buyers and and find the sellers. It's it's not cataclysmic, but. Kevin, I started in the loan business in 1980 and everybody can be on the news right now listening to the news and they say, these are the worst numbers in 40 years. Well, take 2022 and minus 40 years and you're in 1982, right? And so my advice to people is get good. Tough markets are tough. And when prices start to relax, I mean, just in Orange County, California, the March listing velocity is 70% off March of last year. That's one market in America that's a high net worth market. It's on the coast. It's you a know, mile or two away from the beach and 70%. Less listings than one year ago. And now we're still seeing cities with a lot of multiple offers, but that's going to start to thin out. And I think we're going to see, you know, I know for sure that like across America last year, if you're an agent and you take a look at what was the appreciation across the country, it was just knocking on the door of 17%, 17%. Coastal markets and hot markets, obviously higher than that. But right now, the prediction is we're gonna see somewhere between a three and a half to maybe 5% appreciation. So you're gonna see prices start to relax a little bit, which means nothing other than continue, but continue at scale and be really, really good. Um, I, I do the half glass, half full, half empty, because I always believe that in any market, attitude is a choice. Uh, when i was a lender when we were in a full-blown recession 40 years ago i had a button made up that said rumor has it we're in a recession i'm not participating i wanted to be a beacon of hope and a lighthouse for people and agents kept looking at me going what does that button mean and i say everybody says nobody's buying or selling and i and i say everybody's buying and selling to the people that are really good you know and if you go through a tough market with a crappy attitude you're done so mindset is really important purpose why am i doing this you know and Tough markets never last, tough people do. Um, It's a chance for greatness. It's a chance to sharpen your skills. And you know, I don't know the number, but there's probably 100 to maybe 200,000 realtors that won't be selling real estate this year as it gets worse and worse. So for the really good people, that cleans it up. And uh, for lenders, same thing. Lender losses for the first quarter of 2022 are really high. Uh, There's a lot of regrouping. There's a lot of downsizing starting to happen. So, but we go through this, right? It is a cycle, and okay. um, you just got to be good. You got to be good in any market, but you got to be especially good in markets that are a little challenging.
0: Yeah, you know, it's so true. Yeah, uh, rather, regardless of what the market is doing, quote, quote unquote, good or bad, um, you have the option to be good, and yeah. you have the option to be to be great, even at number one, your craft number two relationships and or one and one, one A and one B, whatever you want to call that, right? Because those are the two things that matter the most. There is, hey, I've got to be able to generate the business. I got to have the people who are willing to do business with me. And by the way, if those people then trust me, and they're willing to do business, I better also be pretty damn good at what I'm doing and know what I'm talking about. So those are the two things like they're equal. Like, well, I don't believe one's above the other. One comes first, which is I got to generate the business. However, If I can't do it, then I'm not going to have much other business to do. So you got to get good. Uh, You got to get really good at at those relationships. You got to get really good at your craft and just know it'll be whatever. You'll have another opportunity that the tides will change again. They always do. They
1: always do. Yeah, they always do. I mean, when I started closing loans in in 1980, um, prime was 20%. You know, it it just, it's scary to think about 17 and a half, 18% FHA and VA loans, It's hard to think about 14% unemployment. It's hard to think about consumer confidence. That was the lowest that it's ever been except for one year in 2008 in August, you know, and, and consumer confidence is going that way right now. It's going down, it's going down, it's going down. Price to produce is going up, up, up. So there's the markets, markets are there. It's never the market. It's how good you are in the markets you're in. And if it's a good market and you're great, you win big. And if it's a hard market and you're great, you win big. Yep. You don't lose. You might have less transactions, but you don't lose compared to everybody else. That's not good. There's no downside to learning, growing, and getting better, Kevin. You know that.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's so true. Yeah. All right, Todd, before, before we wrap this up, any, any other last kind of closing thoughts, things that we should talk about um, before we wrap up today? I, I love the way you just tied a bow on that, but what, what else, what have I forgotten or what should we, what should we discuss before we run today? I think, I think just the last thing I would say is, and we mentioned it kind of at the
1: front end, but I, <clears throat> I, wrote a, uh, I wrote a speech for some agents and lenders about five weeks ago in Phoenix, and it was called High Trust Selling in a High Tech World. And one of the things I said is, you know, high tech is speed without need. High trust is need without speed. And what I want to say to everybody is technology is your friend. Don't run from it. Um, Bad technology is your foe. Don't use it. Because bad technology can ruin the entire trust experience. But if you understand how to balance out need and speed, because that's essentially what we're talking about, um, own that, own that and, and really focus on once I have the need, which is the high trust methodology, then I can lace it with the speed. But if I lead with speed, It's not going to work financially like it would work the other way around because when people lead with speed, then they're committed to low cost. When you lead with need, then you don't have to deliver high speed, even though you can, you don't have to. And so there's a balancing act there. So I would just say really, really keep your eye on the tech and the trust and how they work together and then stop auto marketing Um, we're we're losing trust in every sector with auto marketing and auto campaigns and just digital noise. And I would really, I'd really say to everybody watching this, really ask yourself, how efficient is my auto marketing? Am I really generating relationships out of that? And am I really keeping people loyal to me? Because all the stats that we have right now is digital marketing is losing fast, any of its impact. And so, you know, phone, video, Personalized things, uh, gifts that last a lifetime, things like that. It's just
0: powerful. It's so funny yeah. to say that, Todd. I just had this thought yesterday as, as I was t- t- doing what I do often, deleting emails. Um, I just thought there's this. Um, I'm a, I'm a fan of and a student of good marketing uh, and copywriting and, yeah. and all that. And I've I know there's this there's a camp of I'll call it the internet marketers, and it's like um, you're either going to unsubscribe or buy the list. And what I've seen is a shift over to these other direct to consumer, like every single brand. I'm like, dude, emailing me seven times this week on Wednesday, by Wednesday, Mm -hmm. not a good way, just because I was on your website once last week. Like there has got to be this chill factor of, Hey, get back, stop following me digitally and stop emailing and pounding me so much. And, um, it's just, it's so weird. I used to really, I would purposely sign up on certain marketers list so I could see their sequence of emails and see how it went to, to the point where they're just, they're pushing you over, over one edge or the other. And I was like, I was do that to study it. But then what I've noticed is just all these brands for everything these days is doing that same thing. And so your last point there about this auto marketing, I think you, I think you nailed it, man. I I think you're 100% accurate on that.
1: Yeah. It's, um, You know, and I would say to every agent, not that we want to go off on this, but be really careful about email. It's, you know, it's like the more email you send, the more email you're going to get. And and the more you look at stuff, the more they're going to resend to you. And the more you get distracted with technology for whatever reason, you know, the less you're going to actually be able to impact buyers and sellers. And so, you know, in the world that's coming back to us, go face-to-face, get face-to-face on Zoom like this, or get face-to-face with people. There is a thirst right now for humanity and connection because we're in this post-COVID society right now. And you will never, ever lose if you connect. But I'm going to tell you right now, most email marketing does the opposite. It doesn't connect. Okay. It actually divides. And I just, I don't do, I don't do email. It's just, I'd rather do something like this with you.
0: Man, (laughs) I appreciate it. Todd, Duncan, thank you very much. Yeah, man. Go go check it out. ToddDuncan.com. We'll put the links here in the show notes. Uh, go download, go download the questions and the takeaways there with the high trust interview and the bonus questions. Like trust me, you will not be disappointed. And Todd, is there anything? You got any events or anything coming up that people can also be checking out, whether digital or in person?
1: Yeah. So if you want to hang out and and just take a look at them, our, our big event is the Sales Mastery event this October. It's our 30th year celebration anniversary of that event. Um, and that's going to be in October. So you'll see that on the website as well. Um, we have a high trust sales academy that we reinvented last year at the end of the year. And we're going to be um, doing at least one of those this year in December. We might have another one at the end of the summer, but for sure, get on our newsletter. You know, we, I do video every single week that meets you where you want to be And, um, you know, when you come to the website, just kind of hang out there and give us your name and, uh, and we'll, we'll actually give you stuff that's valuable. And, um, yeah, so that's it. And, uh, otherwise, man, I'm just hanging out with people like this every day. It's so much fun. Right
0: on. Yeah, I would agree. All right, Todd. Uh, thanks a lot for being a guest and, uh, we'll see you again, my friends. Uh, see you again soon, my friend. Can't wait. Thanks. Uh, Talk to you guys next week. I'm Kevin and Fred show. Did you enjoy today's podcast? Join the Kevin and Fred community, part of EXP Realty and partner with us today. You'll get free access to live trainings two or more times a month, live events and in-person masterminds, digital downloads to help you run and scale your business, and much, much more. To learn more and join our community, visit kevinandfred.com contact and contact us today.